This episode of the BJJ Campaign Podcast is brought to you by Speed Pro East Bay in Alameda, California, in the heart of the San Francisco Bay Area. They're the source for premium visual solutions to spruce up your interior space. From window decals and wall murals to conference room graphics and directional signage, create a work environment that is tailored to your brand. They'll not only print your custom graphics, but do installation as well. Visit eastbayspeedpro.com. That's E-A-S-T-B-A-Y-S-P-E-E-D-P-R-O.com. And mention the BJJ Campaign Podcast for 15% off your first order. Also, Eddie is a jiu-jitsu guy, so folks go out there and support him. I'm about to feed him to the sharks right now. Get him hyped right now. Yeah. You know the ground is up. Yeah. Everybody that trains, you know the game. Yeah. So let's get it. Uh. Slap it up, bump it and roll. Hey. Yeah, that's the way that it go. Ain't no better way to better yourself in this game. You're feeling the growth. That's, That's time on the mat. We put in the work. Believe it ain't easy, I know. You know. But we train for the love of the game, the love of the art. Now slap it up, bump it, let's roll. Let's roll. Welcome to episode 55 of the BJJ Campaign Podcast. My name is Jeff Boone. I'm an A3, blue belt, two stripes. Phil Coors, A2, blue belt, one stripe. And Phil, I want to start out uh, this week with regards to something that um, Lil T, also known as Christina, who is my nephew's girlfriend, who's now doing jujitsu with us, as well as my nephew, Mm -hmm. said that John said in a seminar that I've heard before. And that was that you don't rise to the occasion, but you fall to your level of training. Yeah. And equating that to a self-defense situation, I think is very valid. Right. I also think it's very valid. Uh, and, and James Clearman talked about it on the podcast with us that in a tournament situation, whenever you're doing your first competition or any competition that someone's going to come at you with, that ferocity that 100 percent and that that is exactly what happens as you follow fall to your level of training yeah so i think that applies to the self-defense point of view too that they're going to come at you that hard you're not going to get that in class like nobody's coming at you that way um and you're not going to have the same reaction because you're going to be comfortable in class you're just not going to be as comfortable in a competition um so if you're training for self-defense purposes, that's how to see where you're at. Yeah. And, and getting that inoculation in a competition environment um, is what makes your jujitsu better as well. Right. I mean, because if you have someone coming at you, maybe your first competition, maybe you've never competed in anything before and someone comes at you at a hundred percent, they may see, the worst of what you have in jujitsu instead of the best. And that's the level of training that you're at then. Meaning that if you do more competitions, then your jujitsu and what your level of training is, is going to increase. And so is your performance. hundred percent. Yeah. You get more comfortable every time, but um, yeah, that's the best way I think for sure to test and see. And then other than going out and getting street fights to see how you stack up. I mean, um, we'll do that occasionally, right? Yeah. I mean, that's what we, we just go out looking for. Saturday sometimes. night training. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Folks, we've never done that, <laughs> nor do we intend to. Um, but also I'd like to say, uh, uh, you know, this is our first episode back for 
I guess since our um, year episode, right? Yeah. So we had a few in the bank from Origin, and sadly, those episodes are done and over with. And we're going to have more great guests on the uh, podcast here soon. Mm -hmm. But uh, for now, for this week, it's just me and you, Philly. Like old times. Like old times. <laughs> so I wanted to bring one thing up, and that is Jiu-Jitsu Pet Peeves. Okay. Do you have any like like do you have, I mean obviously start it and I'll 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 follow up. Okay, it drives me crazy anytime someone calls jujitsu jits. I don't mind BJJ, I don't mind jujitsu. But if somebody if you call jujitsu jits, just stop. Stop doing it. Just yeah. pet peeve of mine. I don't like it. It bothers right. me. Yeah. Doesn't really doesn't really bother me much. I don't. Think. Doesn't bother you? Are you nah, kidding me? I don't me? think so. Yeah. Am I being a bad person here for no? Bother you, me? you can be bothered by it. Yeah. Okay. I it just I don't I don't see it that much. I mostly see it. People say it online. I feel like yeah, that drives me crazy when I see it in a post. Yeah, I've seen you comment on them. Yeah, yelling at people. But I you're don't old. really yell. You're old. I am old. I kind of expect you to yell crunchy. at the kids and their <laughs> get off my lawn. You know, and their terms and their slang. <laughs> Uh, how about you? Any other? Pet? Uh, I'll give you one more pet peeve. You know, uh, it's the pet peeve of someone grabbing your fingers. I don't like that. Yeah, yeah, I don't like the it fingers either. Me. I started making comments to people like, yeah, you have to. Like, you know, I get it. For a street fight, rip them off. But in yeah. here, stop it. Yeah, because I need this finger. Yeah, yeah. To pick your nose with. True. <laughs> um. Yeah, I hate that. <clears throat> Cause I'll, I'll just let go. Like when they oh, start sure. doing that, yeah. I just I don't I don't Same fight here. that. I don't like it. Um, the 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 skin pinching, but that's accidental. Yeah, that's always accidental. That, yeah, like, it still hurts. Like when you're drilling and your arms down, they get like the, the oh, skin so and fat underneath your arm, and it pinches it with your knee. I always feel so bad when I do that to people. It's terrible. Then you have that bruise there. For <clears throat> yeah, weeks that one to come. stinks. <laughs> Um, um, like pet peeve would be like flow rolling because it's fake now. I've decided it's not really fake, but yeah, I, I just I I dislike it more and more all the time. Unless I think we were talking about it. Unless the unless the skill gap is very big, I don't like it. Why? Why? I think it's stupid. I like it. By the way, yeah, I think it's stupid. I'm a fan. I like it working with new people because then it's like um, trying to guide the positions mm -hmm. or I would even say like doing takedown drills with Nick where we're, you know, air quotes going live, but he's not trying and he's feeding right. me positions. Like I consider that a form of the flow rolling because cool. he's so much better than me. You Clarification know? for the audience. Nick is my nephew who's now doing jujitsu with us and he uh, was a D1 wrestler in Missouri. So he's really pretty good at wrestling. And I can't take down like Christmas decorations. So we're starting from scratch here. <laughs> it's real bad. True. So he, you know, in the going live, he's essentially flow rolling, but he's so much better. The skill difference is there that it makes sense. Yeah. I think when the skill gap is close, I think flow rolling doesn't work because people are humans and it just starts to escalate and it's not the intended 
thing. Like somebody has one thing in mind, the other person has the other. I think it works really well when somebody really good is either doing what we just learned with somebody new or like pretty much that tying together other things, you know, they know, and like what we just learned and just bringing it live and saying like, this is when you're going to see it, capitalize on it, drill it, train it. This is where it comes from. I think that's when it makes sense, but I don't like the idea of just like, like if I flow roll with somebody that's around my skill level, it's like a warm up. Mm-hmm. I just, I don't like it as much. I'd rather just drill something for two minutes. So I feel like, I feel like that I'm in the minority here because I don't, I don't remember ever having a flow roll escalate. Like it's always been about multiple positions and whether it was somebody um, a lot better than me, the same skill level as me or, or not quite the skill level. I've never, it's never, I've never had that. And the reason I like it is because you get in more positions, you get familiar with more positions. And what I don't like about it is if, people half acid. You know what I mean? Like if it's fine to, to flow, but also try to do correct technique whenever you're flowing. And that's, I guess I'd say that's the other thing. Cause you had the video of Tom DeBlast and whoever flow rolling. Cyborg. I yeah. can't do that. That was incredible folks. Did we post it on the, you did. yeah. Yeah. Go, go look up that uh, Ricardo Abreu uh, cyborg and Tom DeBlast doing flow rolling. They're like out on near the beach uh, outside. And it's incredible. They're giant men that are rolling around like um, with the agility of ballerinas is what I equate it to. I either. Yeah, I guess it maybe I'm just not good at it. Like, cause I can't clearly, I can't do what they do obviously, but if I'm going with someone you're pretty close around. Yeah, true. Yeah. Around my skill level, what tends to happen is it either seems to be one person doing nothing and just like, Oh, all right. Arm bar, you know, like oh, I'm pushing up, you know, like just, yeah, just, that doesn't work. That doesn't work in a flow roll. You've it, got, you've got, I mean, yeah, you can push up to get the arm bar and then somebody gets the arm bar and then you take it slow so they can then, do the hitchhiker escape or their late escape or their early escape or whatever escape that they're going to do because in a flow roll, you it's just catch and release. Yeah. Okay. I just, yeah. I'm bummed you don't like it. I, I, well, I'm not saying I don't I like don't it. I don't want to do it all the time, but I like it as, as a, the first roll whenever you're doing it because so, it warms you up. It warms me up. Yeah. I'd rather just drill something for five minutes. Like what? Anything. Take downs, five minutes. You do two minutes back and forth. Two minutes, two minutes, minutes, back, two minutes, two minutes take downs per week. <laughs> <laughs> anything, anything you're working on, whether it's a guard pass or guard retention or like today we did arm drags and that that's not hard to do, but it gets your heart going, you know, gets you warmed up. I'd much rather do that than flow roll. Yeah, that's true. So, uh, so it brings us up to another topic in that um, you've been doing some wrestling practice with my nephew. Yeah. Talk a little bit about Nick's it. Nick's getting a lot out of it, you know? I don't think Nick's getting really anything out of it. But no, yeah. friendship. <laughs> Camaraderie. <laughs> no, it's really helpful. Um, 
Man, because I, I don't understand anything standing. It doesn't make sense. I don't like it. I feel like if I'm going to get hurt, that's when I'm going to get hurt. And that's why I stay away from it. I did judo classes and I just kept falling the whole time. Didn't like it. You know, I'll fall once. It's okay. Like twice. Yeah. It's about my limit. Yeah, but you realize you're perpetuating that by not getting comfortable on your feet because it is a very safe place. But a lot of people do get hurt because they're not familiar with it. And... Whenever we were doing the stand-up drills yesterday, did we do yeah two minutes stand-up drills? Yeah. Um, you know, I noticed you whenever I was setting up a shot. You knew that I was going to shoot, so I would say that's where you've made dramatic improvement in your game. In that, yeah, that it's gotten guessing, a lot and better. I didn't know that. I didn't realize. Yeah, I you'd didn't be guessing. Yeah. You had no idea because no I feel like everyone should know when you're going to shoot because you either you set it up such that they're going to raise their level or they're going to lower their level than raise their level. Yeah. So it's like you forgot the whole head down joke that we've had for two years. Yeah. Well, yeah. That I mean, was, yeah, that's, that was my level. It was lowered. <laughs> my wrestling knowledge level was lowered. No, it's made a huge difference. Like, and I told him like, you're doing a lot. And I, and he's like, yeah, I'm kind of just throwing a whole bunch of shit at the wall and seeing what sticks. And some of it has. So that's cool. Um, and then I go back and I work with Joey on different things because he's training wrestling now. So kind of throw things off him because Nick, without the gi experience, has different mm -hmm. different grips and different things. But, I, you know, he'd show me some stuff and I'd immediately go try it and be like, all right, this is what they did. Um, to kind of troubleshoot it and break it down. So I think that's, I think it's interesting, but yeah, it was really eye opening that you were pulling on my head and I'm like, Oh, so he's trying to get this reaction before I just didn't know. And what would happen is people move me around. And that was just like, I was just kind of like, all right. And it, it was the same thing on the ground. I noticed people do like every once in a while, if I'm more experienced than the other person and I'm trying to do something, I realize they're not really doing anything, but fighting whatever I try to do. If my arm goes this way, they push the other way, pull it. They fight that one. Like that's it. Um, that's what I've been doing. Standing is just defending by moving my body around. However, I feel like is the best way to do it and trying to stay away. Um, so known it's a problem for a while. Finally trying to, trying to address it in a. I've been talking about it for it's how I roll. Year or so? Yeah. It takes well, I thought it was off. a smart thing for you guys to uh, to put at least the gi top on whenever you were doing the wrestling. Uh, I think yeah, I a went smart back idea. and put the pants on because I was like, my knees were getting down <laughs> like that one bit. No. Yeah. I don't. You're very delicate. So though. delicate. I don't like it. I'll just put the pants on. But no, it's, yeah, the grips are interesting. Um, but it was, it was really eye-opening because it didn't take long to make a you know it's like you still took me down every time right but i was at least able to start defending it you know and you did takedowns for a long time so i mean it would be embarrassing if you couldn't take me down but at the same time like i to the next person who starts to do that setup you know i'm aware of it and then i can start to do it um it was a cool thing because we did the foot sweeps um last week which is just off moving the guy a couple steps and then timing the feet. Apparently, I just like to just 
eye contact, deadlock you right in the eyes. Apparently, I'm supposed to be looking around the waist or something, uh, chest, yeah, waist, whatever. Yeah, so no, I just, just stare them right in the eyeballs and uh, kind of freak them out. It's my whole strategy here. Um, but yeah, get them moving, kind of watch the feet, kind of get the timing because that was is one of those things I never heard before. People always said it, I'm sure, but like you're working the timing on takedowns, which I didn't really understand, but you're watching the step, the step, the step, and then you go for it. So I get timing with the stuff on the ground after doing it for a while, but this is the first time I'm like watching feet, watching steps, and at least trying to be the one moving because I've always been the one just reacting. You know, like I'm, if I was moving before, it was purely out of this guy's moving. So I'm going to, do that also you know yeah no and, and um two things first if, if in the audience you're not familiar with takedowns or stand up uh part of it, hopefully everyone is i mean i think most schools do take they're not or not uh i know i take it for granted it's it's no it's it's my fault i just don't do it yeah but uh, what phil was referring to looking at the waist you you can't go anywhere you can fake movements with your with your hands, with your feet, and things of that nature. But if you're looking at your opponent or your training partner's waist, it's like basketball. I just never equated that. Yeah, you can't fake that. You know that's that's why you look at their their waist to see where they're going. Um, and the other thing is that you know saying that you recognize it whenever I was going to shoot, but couldn't stop it. It's the same thing as any time we're learning anything in jujitsu, right? Is that at first, you know, for a setup, for a move that maybe you've been working on, you recognize it and then you're like, oh man, I'm a split second too late on that move. Mm -hmm. And then you keep working it, keep working it, keep working it. And then you get that timing down. So it's a, it's a component of the knowledge of the move. And then, then it, even more important, I think, is the component of the timing of the move. Uh, and so that's that's what you're getting down. And now that you've got the knowledge of the movements, and that timing will come. It just It's a matter of how much practice you put in. You're putting in a lot of practice, so you'll get good at it faster. I wish you'd have seen me the night I learned arm drags. <laughs> was, <laughs> was it just, bad? <laughs> I, mean, I, don't, I don't have a good analogy, just like, but swatting. It's like the littlest movement with someone's hand and I was, I was swinging to try to hit their arm out. Yeah. It's we'll see tricky. how that goes. It's tricky. We'll see how that goes. Arm drag is a good, it's a, it's a strong um, stand up off balancing. And sometimes you can even get around to their back from it. You know, it's, it's one way to get rid of the grips. I stop reaching when I'm just swinging around like that. So <laughs> I, I realized what I was doing, but I just kept doing it. Cause I was like, oh, there's only one way to figure this out. So. Just, Picture you slapping it, it people's was pretty, hands. Pretty much, yeah. I mean, it's, yeah, yeah, similar. It was <laughs> super aggressive. It was funny. <laughs> well, good. I'm glad. Uh, I'm glad you are addressing that part of your game. I think it's uh, you know it's important. It's important to have those takedowns. It's important to uh, not even just have the takedowns, but know that when other people are setting up a takedown on you, to be able to better defend it and, and catch it earlier. Yeah, right. kind of goes back to like when I wanted to. Just why I started trying to focus on sweeping people and get on top is it's if you can't like dictate the position at any point, it's frustrating. And then you're only going to be able to do that. You know, I could only do the guard because I couldn't move anybody from that position to get where I want to. So this is just the next step. I think in that direction is trying to be able to do that. 
Mm-hmm. Agreed. Agreed. Uh, so again, you know, we, we mentioned it earlier and, and, uh, two new people to jujitsu, Nick and Christina. And, and we were talking to Christina a little bit before this podcast and, and asking her, Hey, what, you know, being, being from that, uh, new perspective, what's, what's something that, that, um, you'd like clarity on and what did she say? When you're rolling and there's running out of space on the mat and the upper belts are next to you, make room for the upper belts. That's just a typical rolling etiquette is if there's an upper belt next to you and getting close to you, you should get out of the way. You should yield the way. Yeah, correct. And people like, right. We've known that for a long time. People don't understand or know that. So, so it's our, our job, you know, that we've been doing this a couple of years. It's our job to be able to tell them that stuff. What, what she also said, um, was that she felt like whenever she's going with someone, it was she, that they weren't getting anything out of the, out of the role because, because she was new. And I wanted to expand on that because it's, it's not true at all. Actually, um, Christina and I did some live drilling today in Sunday rolls and it was positional sparring and it was taking the back. Uh, you had the back and you had to escape the back and, and just by, um, going through some of the stuff, I real I realized some mistakes that I was making in maintaining back control. And that was, you know, that's invaluable is to have that because maybe if I'm going with you, I'm focusing on, I'm focusing on really keeping the position and I'm not focusing on the fundamental movements of whenever you, you go to the non-choking arm to really plant my toes in the mat and really pull with my opposite leg to get you back centered underneath me. So, so having that and just focusing on those fundamental movements, it, it really helped with me. I, I, I got something out of that role and it's like that it doesn't matter if it's a back or anything else, but, um, but every, if you're new out there, don't ever feel like you're wasting anybody's time because you're not, I mean, they're, they're going to, um, put you in places that they're unfamiliar with. Maybe it's something very new that they're working on to try to work out a position and they're going to see where, uh, it doesn't really matter what reaction you have. Like even if you don't know the correct reaction, they're going to see some of the faults in what they're doing. So you're always helping uh, that person who's more experienced than you, even though you don't feel like it. So I think that's really important for new people to understand is that the, that no matter what, you're not wasting anyone's time because you're a getting there and you're going to be a better training partner down the road from the things that you learn, the lessons that you learn from those, those interactions with those people, especially in positional sparring, sparring and things of that nature. Yeah. That was something I struggled with for a while. I just, I don't know how many times I told you, like, I just would apologize for wasting your time halfway through. Cause I'm like, I just, I just don't get it. I don't know what to do. I don't know. You know, and it was, bad um and then i was just told you yeah you suck you weren't wasting my time but yeah i'm here for you but you know you dealt with it and uh, i never said that um but no it's and i guess you'll start to see if you are newer you'll start to see like how hard it is to do the things you're trying to learn to people 
and you're going to be like, man, I wish somebody knew would walk in here that I could try this on mm-hmm. because you're not going to do it to the people who already know how to defend it. Like you're going to need that person in two months. Yeah. And yeah. So everybody is always learning something because there's also times new people will, or I mean, kids do it to me a lot. They'll ask a question and I'll like start to answer it and I'll be like, I don't know if I believe myself, you know, and then you go and check and you get the real answer. And sometimes I'm right. And sometimes I have no idea what I'm talking about. Most times I have no idea what I'm talking about, but I go get the right answer. And then I learned something, you know, Mm -hmm. and that that's helpful because I'll, like I'm a steps person. Like you've always been like conceptual. You like the idea of yeah. the general rules. I don't, I don't, I have to find those out the hardest way possible. I like one, two, three, four. I'll just keep doing one, two, three, four. I'll eventually figure it out on my own and tie it together. So there was a lot of stuff that I'd still do. That's one, two, three, four without any thought behind it. That's just my robotic programming. And that's how I have to do it until I understand everything. Um, so I don't always know those answers when, when people ask, um, which has been helpful. The more I work with new people, the more they challenge the positions like self-defense stuff or on the ground or what if I just do this? You know, sometimes I know. And then other times I'm like, I have, I don't know. It's a good question, you know, and then I learn more, but that, that was something I definitely struggled with because I just, you know, I, didn't know what to do. And it's like, this person's not getting anything out of it. But now it's like, I look forward to rolling with new people because like my open guard is very poor. I struggle with keeping people in front of me. So if I just start with you and I'm just like, your objective is to get past my legs. I'm trying to keep you on the end of my feet. I need practice with that badly. And if the person's any good at all, I can't keep them in front of me. I it won't work, you know? So everybody helps me and everybody else get better. Yeah, no, I think it's, I, I think I really do think it's something that everyone, I mean, I struggled with it at first too. I was this exact same way. And, uh, and both Ryan and John were like, no, they explained what I just explained to the audience. And that is everybody gets something out of the role, you know? And then you also get that you also get that bonding, that camaraderie that comes with with being that new person and and having someone who um, who understands about being new. And then, you you know, you forge another great training partner. You have uh, uh, relationships from within the academy that keep you coming back and keep you consistent. So there's there's a whole lot of benefits to it. And don't ever think that if you're new that you're wasting anyone's time because it they might i will say this and i and i, I love to make up numbers but i think this is 100 percent accurate and that is i might get more out of someone who's brand new than i rolling with them than i would out of someone who's exactly the same level as me and that's because I'm going to be able to practice getting a lot of different positions, getting the positions that I want to be in and practice the moves that I want to practice, practice the concepts that I'm trying to solidify in my own mind. Well, I'll, I guess, challenge it a little bit. I would say if you don't get anything out of it, it's 100% your fault. Like, oh, yeah. Because yeah. like, I've talked with a lot of people about different like training partner scenarios and everything like that. If you... <laughs> 
if you finish the class and you feel like it's your partner's fault, you didn't learn anything, you're wrong. It's your fault. Sure. No matter if you're brand new or if you're super experienced, if you couldn't find one thing to that, you know, yourself, like if you're spent a long time, you know, training and you've seen this position five times, you should, or 50 times, you should know, like, this is where I struggle with this. I need to work on that specific part today or answer questions or, you know, if you're newer then you need to focus on all of it, obviously. But if you ever, I don't know, it's, you are always getting something out of whoever your partner is. There's, if you don't, it's a hundred percent your fault. And I've gone in and had days where I didn't get anything out of it and it was on me and I wasn't in it that day and I just didn't get it. Like, it's whatever, you know, come back and try again the next day. I've had some pretty terrible training. We had that horrible training day at Origin where we were both just exhausted. <laughs> and like every move, we just looked at each other and we're like, I I don't even know why I came here. I, like I'm that good. was like the sixth day. And I mean, it's hard to sleep sometimes. We're tired and training a lot. And that was the biggest waste of time in that class. I don't even remember what we did. I'm going to say I got worse at jujitsu that day. <laughs> like, <laughs> I really did. Like, I've had some terrible, the pendulum sweep with Ryan class and that stick out in my head. I'll never forget that when Ryan like basically is like, are you messing with me right now? Like, there's no way you're this bad. And That's I'm like, not what you want to hear from the instructor folks. <laughs> like, are, you, are you serious? Like, like something I should have got. Like, and it was just a really bad day for me. And that's going to happen. But other than that, and it, even, even that though, it's still my fault. Like, I just probably should have stayed home that day. But, you know, I went in and whatever. No, but, you should have stayed home because we wouldn't have had that funny that's story. That felt so bad. <laughs> Felt horrible. That's going to happen now. We definitely should have skipped that session. That no, that was so bad. <sighs> so bad. I didn't get one thing. I was frustrated the whole class. Yeah, it was bad. Yeah, I don't remember anything we did either. Oh, well. Yeah. There was only one session out of like 30 that we didn't get anything out of. So that's okay. Yeah. You know, except that it did get worse. Uh, <laughs> The the other thing, the other thing coming uh, from the new person perspective is that, um, it's something that that uh, sometimes we don't realize because I didn't realize it whenever I came in. You know, co- coming from a grappling wrestling background, I wasn't I wasn't uh, weirded out or didn't have any apprehension about that close space that we share and and, and yeah. absolutely you know grabbing, holding, hugging, choking people. I, that that never bothered me. Uh, but one of our training partners, whenever they came in, they were new. They were very claustrophobic, and that's when I kind of realized that, hey, yeah, not everybody's accustomed to this. And and so, being that new person, just that that fear of um, of being close with somebody in, in in a grappling scenario. You had that, right? Sort of. I'm gonna kind of railroad you here because it's happening the other day and cracked me up because okay. I remember doing it to people like so so it happens to me sometimes now and I just think it's funny but like I remember starting and doing things like the stack pass or whatever and just being like oh, is this too much pressure like should I back off I feel like I'm hurting you or whatever and you don't realize that that's like an everyday scenario like this is how you get past the guard you make the person uncomfortable and stuff and we're drawing it in class and they're doing the stack pass and I'm like I'm trying to 
actively have them add the pressure and do it slower. So it takes longer. So it's worse for me. And like trying to talk them into that. And I'm like, I'm like, no, stop, slow down. Like really, I was like, push my knee into my face, you know? And um, they're like apologizing as they do it. But I remember doing that where I'm like, I think I'm really hurting this guy, but it's like every day you do it. You know, I just thought that was funny. Um, no, and it becomes funner too, you know, and 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 even derailing it more whenever legs is going over that that Gracie pass, that stack pass, and he, for whatever reason, I think it's because he really likes me. He gets picks me as a Zuki <laughs> on that, <laughs> and, and it's absolutely miserable the entire time. But I know it's supposed to be absolutely miserable. Yeah, and uh, so yeah, but no, the, I don't think the closeness really. I think I got over it kind of fast. Like just touching was weird. Like I don't um, touch people ever, you know, but once I think once I started it, that like um, it would be more weird to like, I guess, grab the person than like if I was mounted, you know what I mean? Like the claustrophobic mount feeling never really bothered mm-hmm, me, but mm-hmm. just overall, like kind of grabbing people, I guess was weird because you're at, you know, yeah, it's weird. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you still don't like to make grips. Nope. <laughs> Not sure they work yet. <laughs> so, um, also, I think it was I think it was Joey that that brought it up, but it was that uh, getting that training schedule together whenever you're new, right? And that's you know, if you're really gung ho about it and you want to go all the time, uh, you go all the time and do jujitsu six months because your body breaks down because you're going all the time and yeah, you can't maintain that that pace, right? And that would you know, um, for me, whenever I started out, I was doing three days a week, right? And I did that for probably three or four months, and then I said, all right, I want I want to do more. And I think that you have to kind of uh, train your body to get there. You know, also, obviously, if you have better, um, better eating habits, you know, things like that, that all helps with this process. But, but it, it's that you don't want to be that person who comes in six days a week, week for six months and then quits. Right. So if you're new and, you know, you've got, you've got a work a family and a jujitsu balance, you have to figure out what works best for everything. You know, if you're, if you have a, a, a children at home and, and, and a spouse and, and they're not happy with you doing jujitsu because they don't see the positive benefits that they're, that you're getting out of it, then you have to figure out what works for everyone. Um, so that you can put in the time and whenever you're there, not worry about the things at home Yeah, uh, to do it. I remember listening to Ryan talk to somebody a long time ago when they first started. And he was like, one of the most important things I always tell new people is just fine. Be realistic when you set your expectations. You know, if you have all those things going on, don't expect to train six days a week and be disappointed when you don't make it and then stop showing up because you couldn't do it. You know, if two or three days a week is what you can commit to realistically for, you know, every week, and definitely that's what you should be doing. And I think it's definitely true because everybody always talks about that consistency, like the black belt episode, how many people said consistent training is the most important thing to do 
focus on fundamentals and train them consistently. That was, I mean, and have fun. That was all of them, you know. And like looking back, I I remember a lot of different people that were upper belts would like, you know, hey, pace yourself, basically. Um, and I never really realized why I thought much of it, but you know, now you you do. Cause there's certain people that kind of just stop showing up. And then all of a sudden, like one day they cross your mind. You're like, I wonder whatever happened to him, you know? Yeah, I know. Um, recently had a conversation with a, about a wrestler friend who stopped coming. And it's like, I really liked training with him. I wish he would come back, but, um, yeah. So I, I didn't really get it. Um, but I think there is that, that balance is super important. And I've even struggled with it where I, went a whole lot and then I backed it down and took a little bit of slow period, speed it back up and I'll back it back down. And it's just kind of taking it in waves and, you know, but the consistent, like I'll, I doubt I'll ever go more than like two or three weeks where I don't go at least three times a week. Like if it's, sure. it's going to be special occasions, it'll be trips or whatever, an injury or something that slows me down for a week or two. But I mean, it's always going to consistently be those, four or five days. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, I'll, I'll add something to that with the situation you went through, not that recently, but recently is that, that if you find yourself not enjoying it as much as you did, you know, still come, maybe don't stay to roll. Maybe don't, maybe just kind of get introspective about it, but, but still come, but you can also, you can also ratchet that back a little bit. You know, if you're that six day a week person, you know, you're, you're finding it hard to train. Don't feel like you're getting better. Maybe you're just a little burnt out on it because you've been doing it too much lately. Yeah. You know, so, so take a, take a little, not break, but back off of training just a little bit so that you can get that, find that joy in it again. Yeah. So that was really interesting when we talked about this same topic of, of getting burned out with James uh, Klingerman at the origin camp. Because he had, you know, and I didn't realize it during the conversation I was actually listening back to the podcast where it started to kind of click. And then I thought a lot more about it because it's sometimes when I'm half the conversation, I'm not able to kind of like think about it. But he was saying, you know, why are you feeling that way? And looking back on it, it was, you know, in between jobs, trying to learn how to do the job and what exactly I'm going to be doing. And I was constantly stressed out about a bunch of different things. And we've covered how I learned things the hardest way possible. So <laughs> trying to learn jujitsu and trying to learn how to do this other stuff at the same time, it was constantly like a frustrating mentally burnt out process. Like, I think if you go back and listen, I was still saying like going into role was fun, but I just didn't want to do the classes. Like I just, I, by the time I was like kind of finished up here, you know, and I, I, that's something I think I took for granted a lot starting out when I'm like, I don't know how people don't want to go, you know, until I'm kind of back in that situation where it's like <laughs> mentally, you know, yeah, I'm sitting at a desk, but mentally I'm burnt out. So I don't want to go learn. I just want to go roll. And, you know, now I look back at that period where I was taking extra days off and I wasn't taking drilling like a seriously. Cause I'm just like, just couldn't, you know? And I'm like, Oh, there's that big gap now where I could have gotten a lot better if I trained better, you know? And that is slightly frustrating, but at the same time, I can't, be that hard on myself about it because it could have been worse. Like if I could have just, you know, walked away or just stopped going completely or whatever. And some no, ridiculous, stupid thing that wouldn't happen. I wouldn't have allowed that. But, you know, it's like, it, there was that period. And 
until James was like, think about why you're feeling burnt out. Cause it was hard to explain, but like, it takes kind of looking back to in that window of time, trying to teach myself a X, Y, Z at home and then go out and learn jujitsu, which is hard to implement. You know, it's frustrating. Um, so, I, and I think at the same time, changing my jujitsu, all of it, not doing what I was good at, not doing what I was comfortable with. Um, you know, everything was a new situation. It was like basically like starting back at white belt in my brain because everything was bad. Couldn't sweep people, can't take them down. You know, like, yeah, I can still do the same old thing in the guard, but I don't like, I've figured that I don't want to keep doing that, you know, and always pushing myself in a couple different places. So I definitely get the burnout thing now, but you know, if you, and that's why I say like, I'm training a lot right now, it's going to slow back down. And I'm, I'm going to go through something else where it's going to, you know, lull again, but I think I'll be a lot better, a lot easier to handle it next time. Um, cause I was actually stressing out too. Cause I was like, do I just not like jujitsu anymore? But I couldn't figure out what was happening. And that was, I mean, obviously not the case, but it's like, I'll feel bad if I don't go train. Cause I'm like, I should be there. I should be doing this. This is what I want to do. Why don't I want to go? That was weird. Um, but it, it was the class that I didn't want to do because I was, <laughs> mentally just burnt and and it makes total sense so you know and you you see it all the time too and you hear about it is that if someone's changing jobs you don't see them for a little while because that's a stressful situation yeah. that you're where you're you're taking on a lot of learning and guess what in jujitsu you're always learning you know and um so you know maybe maybe you don't take drilling as seriously whenever that's going on you know, whatever it is that helps you get there, but go there anyway. But also, you know, thinking of other things like, like moving, you know, anytime that you move, whether it's just down the road or whether it's across the country, you know, people move and then they don't pick up their training where they left off because moving is a stressful situation. And if you're moving, you're probably starting a new job. So that's two stressful situations. Well, if you're moving, you're starting a new job and you're getting married, that's three stressful situations. So, you know, I think that that um, it's important. It's important to see that, and I think it's in, uh, and I'm glad you shared that because that that's the first time I, I've heard it from you, and that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, well, I, I thought it was really cool how how James answered it, and yeah. I couldn't, you know, right away. I didn't know, you know, but it wasn't until listening back and, and thinking about why, and then it kind of a lot more of it made sense of what else is going on. Yeah. And like, how do you, how does this all you want to do? And then all of a sudden you're not, you know, yeah. there's nothing else to happen. Right. And shout out to James Clearman on his 12th year anniversary of his black belt yesterday. It was yesterday. Yes. I saw the post there yeah. with the uh, Birdman. I'll listen to some of the Birdman with uh, Rob Austin podcast. Pretty funny. Was, oh, those guys are great. They're so funny, man. They're so funny. And they were it's, drinking liquor it's been too. Out a lot of places, that. from what I understand. So, <laughs> Birdman, I believe, I believe it. Yeah, it's pretty funny. <laughs> totally believe it. God, we got to have him on next year at camp. It's funny. He is so funny. Um, so Philly, let's wrap this thing up. What's the What's the big announcement that we have though? Before you do that, yeah, he had the etiquette thing. I can't, I wish I could remember the story, even though I'd probably not tell it as good, but it's on the big jujitsu show. I think it was on the one with Jocko with Birdman. He was, some white belt came up and I mean, I can't remember it, but it like, I heard him and like my eyebrows are going up. I'm like, they did what? So like, 
check that out if you guys can. I'll see if I can find it to like post. Yeah. But like as far as like etiquette goes and what not to do, this is a pretty good example. Don't do that. So I'll yeah. I'll try to find it because I was I couldn't, yeah. And that's sense. Rob Austin and the podcast is big, big jujitsu. Yeah. So yeah, go check him out. It's a great podcast. I, I love listening to Rob. And, and if you haven't heard of Rob, we did a co-stream with big jujitsu podcast uh, about six weeks. Was episode 47, I think. Um, it's, it's, time is flying, but yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Um, so what's our big announcement, Phil? Rash guards are coming soon. Yeah, they are. Dry fits, as some people call them. Brookie calls them that. Yeah. She loves it. Can't wait. But anyway, so we're excited. Um, they'll be up as soon as I get them. Um, also, can still get t-shirts, patches. Maybe and, we do uh, another combo pack with the pack with the rash guards. We'll have to talk. We'll have to talk to the marketing department about that. We'll see what so. we can do. Talk to our sales guy. <laughs> um, we got some sweet pictures of Joey modeling the patch. We'll yeah, great gotta, picks. I gotta get them. I gotta redo the uh, stuff when I add the other stuff in there onto the website, so we'll get it looking fancy. Um, and then join the Facebook group, I'm trying to share stuff that's interesting that I think is helpful to me. Um, memes, memes. Oh, listen, folks, just go on because I'm a meme collector of jujitsu memes, and and just go on there, post your meme. Jeff bought more clouds for his memes. <laughs> yeah, I did. That's a true story. Uh, um, but yeah, yeah. Get on, get engaged on the Facebook um, group. It's uh, a lot of fun. A lot of good people in there. And, and thank you guys for your support. We always appreciate it. If you're not out there doing something each and every day to make yourself better, get out there and do it. Phil and I ju choose jujitsu. We hope you do too. This episode of the BJJ Campaign Podcast is brought to you by Speed Pro East Bay in Alameda, California, in the heart of the San Francisco Bay Area. They're the source for premium visual solutions to spruce up your interior space. From window decals and wall murals to conference room graphics and directional signage, create a work environment that is tailored to your brand. They'll not only print your custom graphics, but do installation as well. Visit eastbayspeedpro.com. That's E-A-S-T-B-A-Y-S-P-E-E-D-P-R-O.com. And mention the BJJ Campaign Podcast for 15% off your first order. Also, Eddie is a jiu-jitsu guy, so folks, go out there and support him. I'm about to feed him to the sharks right now. Get him hyped right now. Yeah. You know the ground is up. Yeah. Everybody that trains, you know the game. Yeah. So let's get it. Uh. Slap it up, bump it and roll. Hey. Yeah, that's the way that it go. Ain't no better way to better yourself in this game. You're feeling the growth. That's time on the mat. We put in the work. Believe it ain't easy, I know. You know. But we train for the love of the game, the love of the art. Now slap it up, bump it, let's roll. Let's roll.